0: A trail of evidence behind the agents Create a false record indicating nothing to place his mental fitness intimidate the witness, obstruction of justice without any style or grace. Don't worry, everybody.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Richard Sachs. Welcome back. This is Lost Arts Radio, and we're here with Doug Diamond and our friend Joel Scousen, who has been, in the past, a frequent guest, and we did some series uh, with him that were great historical insights into different world developments and uh, history of the deep state in particular. I recommend looking at those archives whenever you get a chance. They're all available and free at the moment anyway. And I wanted to have a discussion with Joel tonight about the issue of, well, it was really the title of a book that we learned from his from his uncle called The Naked Communist. Yeah. And Joel's an, an analyst, uh, in my opinion, a really exceptionally great analyst who's the editor of World Affairs Brief. He's an analyst of World Affairs and author of several Books, some of which I've read, like The Secure Home and um, Strategic Relocation in particular, which has a new edition out now, which is really worth taking a look at. Um, it's an aspect of prepping that's often overlooked. People say, well, we have to have food and things like that, but where you live is also an important factor in how you get through what's coming in the future. He's also a, a Vietnam-area um Military pilot, and I wanted to ask Joel, in addition to all those things, a couple of questions, but that are going to lead into the current topic. Um, so, welcome, Joel. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate you coming on in short notice. It's it's great.
2: My pleasure, Richard. It's always good to be with you and your audience.
1: So, our time's going to fly by as usual in a flash uh, this time, and I want to ask you before we get into the actual. specific topic of communism and relevance for us now um where do you think you got you know the insight that that gives you such an advantage on the overview of analyzing world affairs because you can look at a lot of people that not everybody who's been a military pilot or who's done certain specific things that you've done has a real grasp of what's going on so can you look at yourself and say why why you're able to do that what where's that coming from
2: well i i come from a family that has a long uh, genealogy in the fight for freedom the Skousen family and uh, both my uncle w Cleon Skousen, was very influential in my life as well as my father uh, leroy b Skousen, who died when i was 17 So when he died, uh, Cleon became a major factor. We had ten children in the family, and Mm -hmm. when you lose a father at seventeen, and I was one of the older ones, uh, it's quite a change in of responsibility. And Cleon stepped in to really uh, come and visit us uh, once a week. uh, Once we had moved from Oregon down to Utah to be uh, uh, closer to him, he was a professor at Brigham Young University that time, and he had already written. The naked communist, he'd become uh, police chief of Salt Lake City and was now Mm. a professor Mm. professor at Brigham Young University, which was a very conservative university. But there was always a liberal political science department uh, at the university, as uh, happens almost in all political science. I mean, you can't get trained in political science without being at least a socialist or a Marxist, uh, because you've got to get published at the American Journal of Political Science, which is a Marxist organization.
1: And he was teaching yeah. political science at the university?
2: No, no, he was actually teaching uh, uh, religion and history. Okay. But, um, in any case, he he always had uh, a tremendous following in the conservative movement, uh even began an organization called the Freeman Institute to train people in the principles of the Constitution of the founding fathers. So, background I grew up in. I remember as a teenager in Oregon uh, going to one of the new public school high schools there on the west side near Beaverton, and you know, all of our professors were from Reed College, which was a Marxist university in the area, and they were leftist, far leftist. And so we cut our teeth, uh, my brothers and I, uh, on battling our professors. And we were grossly unprepared, actually, because, you know, as 17 or 18-year-olds uh, – You just really don't know how to argue very well you're not trained how to do that and so we got beat a lot of times but we learned you know you really got to do our homework and so I started to study a lot of what Cleon had written uh, and this is the book uh, The Naked Communist uh, still available uh, used copies in Amazon and uh, it's a great Primer, uh, not just primer, but an in depth uh, view of communism, probably the best that there is out there. And that's why it was so soundly attacked by the establishment because it was very, very effective, not only at pointing out communism, but all the fellow travelers in the government and in the academic community who were talking about we have to appease, we have to appease, we can't oppose. And this led, of course, to the, uh, you know, after World War II, to the rise of Red China and uh, Soviet communism, uh, directly aided and abetted by people in the U.S. government, which we now know were globalists, some of which, like Alger Hiss, who joined the Communist Party, so that the communists wouldn't think something was wrong about him helping bring communists into the Roosevelt and Truman administrations. They thought, oh, he's one of us, but he really wasn't. He was a globalist who was facilitating the rise of communism as i pointed out in in the series of documentaries we did on the uh the deep state Mm -hmm. uh, are very expert in in building and using communism to break down the social order so that they can come in and rescue it their form of socialism communism a mix and that's what we're going to discuss today what are the differences and what are the goals here and uh how we distinguish between these various far-left ideologies.
1: Yeah, these words are often thrown around and used by people through no fault of their own. They've never encountered anybody that could really teach them what the words meant. And it gets very subtle because I know during the 60s, for example, and the whole period of the Cold War, on one level, Americans were taught that We were trying to contain communism and work against the domino theory in Southeast Asia so that countries wouldn't become communist. And yet, principles of communism at the same time as that were being incorporated into the structure of the government and into the deep state as well, while they were saying that they were against communism. But there's been a change. And now it's openly taught as something desirable, communism and socialism and everything that goes with it. So is that increasing openness because the deep state is more confident now and doesn't have to really hide its true nature? And if that's true, what's the difference between communism and globalism?
2: Well, there is significant difference between them. So let me talk, first of all, about the differences between the various forms of socialism and communism. Socialism is at the core of all um, democratic and non-democratic forms of government control. Because socialism provides the, the lure or the bait for people to buy into government control. That is, the government is here to make sure that we guarantee equality of results Yeah. Not just equality of rights.
1: that's, That's a topic enough for seven shows by itself. I mean, everybody believes in equality and they don't distinguish anymore, for the most part, between opportunity and results and which one is supposed to be equal.
2: That's right. And, you know, there never is equal opportunity either. Because... Opportunity is dependent on the merit that you have, how much worth you have, depends on how much opportunity is open uh, to you. I mean, when you go into a job interview, depending on how you're dressed, how you look and how you look, you know, really is uh, based upon years of development of your personality and the face and things. You can tell a dollard who comes in who can't make a, a coherent sentence from somebody who is very agile and intelligent and has a good face. They don't have equal opportunity. Because they don't have equal worth. They don't have equal merit. And when you are judged by not only your face, but your voice, your diction, your grammar, your uh, demeanor, there is no such thing as equal opportunity, except in the theoretical sense that if you come up to a certain level of merit, and you're talking about interviewing people of equal merit, then there's equal opportunity there. Well, you you get equal
1: opportunity to improve yourself, right? Right.
2: But also to get other people to accept you into their employ. You see, that's what they mean by opportunity, the opportunity to get a job, to progress higher. That's all dependent on merit.
1: Yeah, or should be anyway.
2: As it is. Of course, now merit has been denigrated as uh, uh, as being racist. Because they have always used social scientists without talking about it, is that there is noticeable differences within various ethnic, social, and racial groups in terms of the overall general merit as how they perform, whether it's in mathematical functions, athletic functions, or uh, analytical functions, memory functions, and things. There are differences. In fact, in the 1930s, there used to be some very excellent books even about the physiological differences between the races. I mean, scientific, biological studies about, uh, you know, why certain races had stronger physical elements and why other people had stronger mental elements and things and physiological basis for that. Now, that's totally politically incorrect. I mean, those books have been banned and burned, you know, for for years. But... Um, the point is there are differences. There are always exceptions to the general differences between ethnic groups and races. There are general there's exceptions to all of those. And that's part of the free market of the moral free market is even though you're allowed to make judgments, and remember, socialism is very much against judgments. because you see, judgment goes against the egalitarian basis of socialism that everyone is equal, Everyone should have equal results. Everyone should have equal pay. And uh, and the destructive nature of that, of course, is that it destroys incentive. Because people who are in the bell-shaped curve, if you look at a curve, most people, there's a, a few people at the low quotient of intelligence and ability. There's a, Most people are in the middle quotient. There's a very few high-level, strong, analytical, good people at the very top. And the point is, when you put a line across that bell-shaped curve and you say, everyone is, is going to have equal pay for eight hours work, regardless of your worth, regardless of your merit, that attracts most of the people in the bell-shaped curve from the lower half down. It, it attracts them because they're going to get a benefit yeah. without yeah. having to rise to the level of merit. And it penalizes the people on the top side of the curve because, you see, they're going to get less than what they're capable of getting in the free market.
1: And it's so subtle because it, it, it's sold as a way to make sure that you're going to be taken care of no matter what. And who yes, would possibly be against that, right?
2: And because they're appealing to the majority, because the majority are below the level of competence in the bell-shaped curve. They're appealing to the majority. They can always outvote you if you can get them to vote. Now, they also have less incentive to vote, and that's why Democrats have to really go out and beat the bushes to get and bust them to the polls because that same lack of merit, also in lack of incentive and lack of get up and go in society, uh, penalizes their ability to go out and vote and be active in political things. Your most dangerous people in society are on the high side of the bell curve <clears throat> who are elite and who have a control agenda they feel we're smart enough and we're smarter than other people and it's our right to control the rest of humanity and you see co- communism <clears throat> is has as its basis socialism but it's a more complete form in the sense that it requires the ownership and control of all the major forms of the economy Now, that's what distinguishes communism, which is full socialism with ironclad force of government to enforce it, from Fabian socialism, which is the more sophisticated form of socialism, whereby you still allow private ownership of property, but you have a million rules of government that dictate and control and regulate that property. You own it, we control it. And that's what the globalists really, that's the form of government control that the globalists have, with one exception. They've gone beyond that now because of the unpopularity of the EU in dictating those controls on every aspect of people's lives. That's why the Britons wanted to throw it off in Brexit. They never really got a true Brexit, but that's why the movement was so popular until it was sabotaged. But the the key to understanding is the new paradigm. And we've only seen this emerge since the COVID false pandemic. Uh, really? Well, actually, you know, somewhat earlier. <clears throat> but the new paradigm of globalism is much more sophisticated than any form of democratic socialism we've ever had before. Because they are replacing government tyranny with... Local, state, and corporate tyranny voluntarily by private entities. Now, this is a something, as a political scientist, I never saw coming. I always thought at the best they would have, you know, government control like the EU, globalist control, a global government. And you have your nation, but the only thing you've got, really, you don't have any freedom to break away or freedom to legislate. You just got your freedom to wave your flag and speak your own language, etc. That's what globalism promises uh you know, and I thought, you know, that's dangerous and people really don't like that. They want to be able to legislate. They don't want to have to travel to Brussels, Belgium to litigate a, a wetlands dispute on their ranch land. Uh, but what, what the new paradigm is, just like vaccines and just like COVID restrictions, we the government don't dictate. We don't mandate the vaccine. You know, we that's don't require right. you to wear masks, but all of a sudden, without exception, every major corporation in the world, in the Western world, has a mass mandate and a social distancing mandate. Yeah. And they're trying to get all those people on board to do a, a vaccine mandate so that the government says, you know, we don't have the power to do that. And these governments are, quote, private. But you see, it isn't that the gov- these corporations, I'm sorry, are private. Only in a certain sense. It isn't that there's a direct control from government dictating to them. But what they have developed over time is the fear of a media, mainstream media, which is totally controlled by the deep state. I can tell you the deep state actors actually call up and telephone, whether it's Fox News, CNN, NBC, all of these various stations... And dictate general policy to them. You will never allow any conspiracy facts, you know, to be presented, you know. You Mm -hmm. will, you know, decry uniformly any form of merit and judgment as racist and as prejudicial. And you will not allow, uh, you know, you could talk about white privilege and you push these things. And they are pushing them uniformly. So in the media, there is this subtle control behind the scenes but the corporations now are filled with establishment yes-men who fear the boycott. They know that this mainstream media, if they get labeled as racist or merit-only, and that's, look at the transgender bathroom issue. Target came out and decided to have a transgender bathroom, and many other corporations decided to have you know universal bathrooms because the media basically said, you know, we're going to crucify you, and 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 have all these boycotts happen if you don't go along with this policy
1: and you said that was being enforced all over the world and people would would often want to know well wait a minute if if that's true and it's that uniform worldwide with all this enforcement of how to think and policies and all that where's the group that's Orchestrating and enforcing all that. Where's it coming from?
2: Uh, Well, that's the point. You know, when you look at conspiratorial issues, you look for the all-powerful guiding hand that is telephoning and controlling. That's not how it works. What I'm trying to describe is you set up an atmosphere in the in the media which is very uniform around the world. In the Western world, I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. and. uh, you know, there's a deep state in Germany, there's a deep state in France, there's a deep state in Italy, there's a deep state in, and it's all not run by one continuous guiding hand yet, except that the United States, because of its power of surveillance under the NSA, has the ability to threaten any politician around the world. It's the mere threat that if I go against what the establishment is saying, somebody in that deep state, is going to come down on me. So they don't ever have to make the telephone call. It just becomes very obvious to all the corporate heads. When you look at the Verizon, remember the president of Verizon Telephone who refused to let the NSA come in and wiretap Verizon. Mm -hmm. And they took him to the cleaners, IRS, SEC. Other people came against him. He was removed, et cetera. That telegraphed a message to other CEOs around the world You better go along with whatever the establishment is in it, or you could be personally targeted. So that's what I've said about COVID. It's been shocking to me, Richard, how there's been no mainstream uh, corporate head anywhere in in the Western world that has had the courage to come out and say the emperor has no clothes. This is a phony pandemic. Not a single one. And no politicians either. That's right. And no, it's not a direct conspiracy in the sense that they've all telephoned every one of those things and, and controlled them. No, they have established a powerful um, emotional and political and media theme and mantra that pervades the whole Western world that political correctness is the wonderful way to go. And if you bucket, you're going to get crucified.
1: So it's a self-sustaining system with nobody having to control it, is that what you're saying?
2: Well, but there are controllers. There are controllers. Uh, They control the federal agencies uh, in every country. They control the intelligence agencies. They they can kill people. They can falsify evidence. They control the courts. There Mm -hmm. is direct control over these key elements of power. But because of that threat of control, all they have to do is whisper to a corporate head. You know, bad things could happen to your corporation, and right. uh, you know and that's all they have to say. And and these weaselly, no courage, intele- not intellectuals, but uh, you know, monetary heads simply buckle to the thing almost without direction. But there's a subtle direction that has been propagated and propagandized, and it's it's a matter of being able to control schools. Universities, You know, we've seen in, in COVID, the most abject followers of the yes-men are academic professors who used to pride themselves of being able to buck the establishment when it was conservative. That was popular to buck the establishment. Right, now right. they are totally subservient. There's no independence among any of the universities. It just
1: yeah, bums. I remember the university environment. <laughs> In the mid-60s, and uh, it was completely the opposite. I mean, the professors would sit out late at night with us talking about all these different options for how to make the world better and solve problems and things, and it was just open. And, I mean, there were subversive groups trying to do what you're talking about, but they weren't in control. And most of the professors felt able to say whatever they want. Um, It's really changed.
2: Yes, it really has changed. So in review here, communism, you see, is socialism to the degree that you control the means of production and all the major industries. Now, they have, you know, the Western world has backed off of that because that's a failed recipe. Uh, It just doesn't work. Not only does it destroy incentives for anybody in the Soviet collective farms, et cetera, to ever produce. It destroys insanity, but not only that, it's just inefficient. And I'll tell you why it's inefficient, even when the government, you know, funds and controls research, is that there's no room in, in a hierarchical system where you have to, you get promoted on basically who you know and who carouses with you and who's your drinking buddy and other things. It's not right. based on competence. Now, they need some competence to, to keep it going. But the point is, if you differ in science, for example, we've seen this in the global warming thing, the, the hoax, is that once you get a core people of science who are part of a conspiracy to to falsify the evidence for global warming, and then you start prosec- persecuting and denying and, and denigrating any scientist who comes out, it becomes a... Uh, a very chilling thing to go up against the establishment, especially when the establishment can, tr- can control your credentials. They can control whether or not you can submit right. a, payment, a journal, various journals. The whole licensing scam. Yes, it's informal licensing, really. Yeah.
1: The facade of giving you the privilege in your license or your degree or your credentials of some form, and people think that, oh, that gives you these extra abilities, no, it just controls everything that you can do at that point because they can take it away.
2: That's right. And so can you see that um, it is no longer true that socialism always leads to eventual communism? It is not true. And this is going around the Internet among you know conservative and right-wing circles in the United States, that Biden is a controlled entity of the Chinese communists. And that uh, we're heading for communism in the state, and that's just absolutely not true. We are heading for a much more sophisticated form of control mixed with free market things. This is extremely sophisticated now. They are not taking us into communism. People won't stand for that. It'll be too obvious. They're not taking us into, you know, controlling the steel industries and trolling the trains and electricity. But they are
1: standing for destroying small business.
2: Not openly. Now, this is part of the secret conspiracy of the global reset, where they're using COVID to destroy small business and force everyone onto Amazon and force everyone, because that's all controlled by the digital currency field, that is credit cards and digital money right. uh, so that they can then start to cut you off. And they will cut you off, not because they're going to make a law, not because t- government is going to decide, like in China, where you have a social credit score. Corporations are going to do it in the United States. Corporations are going to cut you off, like PayPal. They
1: become so, the de facto government, basically, right?
2: Well, they become the de facto enforcers, Yeah, private, yeah. private right. enforcers, in lockstep with government w- without any provable links and controls. So and without
1: being restricted by the Constitution, too.
2: That's right, because it's quote-free. It's clo- you see, the point is, the what used to happen, if someone became tyrannical as a corporation, you'd shift your business to someone else.
1: Yeah, exactly. The
2: free market allowed you to vote with your feet, just like... The wonderful thing about a federation, a republic, is that you can vote with your feet from one state to another. And now even the red state government has gone into lockstep with this COVID restrictions and nonsense that you can't hardly vote with your feet anymore.
1: Because well, the, the-, the things that you could vote with your feet to go to are disappearing. You know, people have fallen for the convenience of one store to rule them all. That's and right. Kind of like That's the
2: right. one ring, right? And so, the danger is not that we're going to progress into communism. Communism will never let go of what they've got now, and because ultimately, and if you look in the Naked Communists, go my uncle goes through a lot of the theory, and I'll tell you, the theory of communism is just nonsense. The dialectical materialism, the dictatorship of the proletariat, the theory of transformation, the theory of conflict, and the, all that's a bunch of baloney. It's like the theory of evolution. It's just designed to have an explanation, explain away free markets, explain away God and creation, and to give some semi-plausible thing to people who don't want to believe in what's the reality. The reality of life is that we are free and separate individuals if we are forced to act within our own freedom. If there is any draw or lure that gives you benefits without improvement, without coming up to standard of worthiness you're going to take it because america because people are weak people be attracted to the easiest route to a certain result unless they are enlightened now this is a very important point enlightenment means that you listen to the still small voice of conscience where divine you know talks you should get up even when you don't feel like it you should clean your house up when you don't feel like it. that is enlightenment
1: That's what I call consciousness too. And it, it seems like in a way, if you, whatever you word you want to use for it, that's the issue in, in a lot of understanding world events. Because when people are not what you're just defining as enlightened or what I'm calling conscious, then they're going to go for convenience and pay the price later. And if they, if they do have more consciousness or whatever you want to call it, then they're going to say, wait a minute. If I do that all these things are going to follow and it's going to end up destroying society and end up in slavery and extermination. That's probably not a really good idea, but to to have that perception is more than just what is normally defined as intelligence. And, and when you mentioned the bell curve and you said that there's a f- very few people on near the top of it that are highly intelligent and they end up thinking that they have the right to control everybody else. But if, there's a big question, and obviously we need much longer show to go into this, but th- there's a question between that kind of intelligence, which can put up with enslaving other people and be unaware or not caring that it's totally immoral, and there's a different kind of consciousness when you combine it with what you just called enlightenment. The actions of that person are completely different. They don't want to enslave everybody.
2: Well, you see, that's the problem. We have a crisis of consciousness in the world—a crisis of chronic violation of the signals of conscience. Now, I've yeah. written—I've written a very seminal piece. It's free to everyone on my website, WorldAffairsBrief.com. But on the right-hand side, it's called "The Still Small Voice of Conscience." It's twenty-six-page analysis of how the signals of conscience come to this little receptor in the mind that can receive both divine and satanic promptings and you have to learn to distinguish you know when you when you when you are a kid you remember when you're prompted to do your homework and immediately you're flooded with these other oh no you you're too tired or you you need to play it's time you know the kids are at the door you know you get flooded with these little counters to what you know you should be doing and that's the interplay Between enlightenment from the divine source, trying to help you, prompt you, improve you, and the satanic source, which is basically trying to get you to ah, relax, don't worry, don't move, don't go forward, you know. And you know, there's bad temptations, temptations to look at pornography and to do immoral acts and things. All kinds. I even talk about the fact that because it's such a big thing now, and we see these mass shootings and other things, that no one ever. And most of these mass shootings are either mind-controlled, as we talked about in a previous interview, by each <laughs> but even that mind-control always involves some form of hypnosis where you release your will. And I think there's a, a good deal of satanic partial possession that comes in with hypnosis. But I can yeah. tell you this, when these people go out and shoot people and then commit suicide, nobody commits suicide without having some form of real, with Satan, dominating the receptor of conscience and basically tell them you know you're depressed there's no out you got to go kill people use a gun to do it and then shoot yourself nobody commits suicide
1: no the the positive internal guidance is always going to tell you something positive to do instead of that
2: but you can get overwhelmed by the dark side promptings where you can't yeah. even hear the good side anymore it's just a complete yeah. morose darkness and it, you know psychologists can't help in this because psychologists don't understand the two prime things that affect suicide and one the innateness of a person innateness meaning there's an innate spirit within each one of us mm-hmm. that probably predated you know being born you know i can tell you as a one of 10 children that every one of my younger brothers and sisters, when they came out of the womb, they had a different personality from the guy. Get- exactly.
1: Like same parents, like same they're environment. they're not new at that point.
2: That's right. Same yeah. environment, same parents, same genes, but right. completely different personalities. That's exactly. innate. And some are innate, some are weak, some are innately more evil, some are innately more worldly, some are innately more... Prone to listen to the promptings of buying things done, more, Some more prone to listen right. to the moral um, you know, It's like they're born
1: with different levels of maturity
2: In a way Well, but maturity comes with age and experience And what I'm saying is is that Whether or not you mature in a solid, uh, stable way Or whether you become unstable Depends to mostly What you, how you listen to those two voices working on conscience. And of course, you have your own mind, your own thinking going. So there's three voices, but they all sound like you. They all sound like you thinking. And this is why uh, the Lord designed this way is so that people couldn't tell. It's part of the test of this earth. People can't directly tell, oh, that's God speaking or that's Satan. It all comes as if you're talking to yourself, but you can listen to the content and you can listen to the interaction between one voice and realize, uh-oh. Yeah, no, well, when, if you can tune
1: into it and get quiet enough, you know, they, you mentioned this, that it's still and small, right? If If you can quiet down the chatter enough to listen, there's a different feeling between the two sources.
2: There is. You get a peaceful, calm feeling when things come from the right source, and you yeah. get nervous feelings are a little uh, depending on your innateness a good person will feel calm when he's getting good things but you know an innately bad person is looking for the carnal central he'll feel nervous about going to work and doing what's right
1: so how does that fit into the types of intelligence because you mentioned about that bell curve that there's these really smart people who end up becoming part of the deep state organization what's the difference between that intelligence and an I assume you, you would agree that there are super intelligent people just as smart that recognize that that's a really bad idea to do that.
2: The only difference I have found is that smarts in itself don't guarantee anything. Right. Smarts is just the calculating ability and memory ability, analytical and memory abilities of the mind right. to process data and see contradictions, learn logic, all of this. That's intelligence. That's
1: IQ too
2: That's right. IQ That's IQ But remember That some of the smartest people in the world Are the dumbest In terms yeah. of pra- practical ability they Brilliant idiots it. right Brilliant idiots That's right Useful idiots that Lenin used to call them Right What makes the difference Is that Who uses The Who ties into that voice of conscience Which corrects Your thinking Even when you don't know the answers For example You know, it isn't that it dictates and says that's wrong because A, B, and C, and D. It doesn't do that. It just, you know, a divine source will give you a nervous feeling about any conclusions not quite right.
1: That's why feeling is denigrated in modern education. Exactly. Right?
2: And that's why it's it's denigrated in Christian churches. You don't want to listen to your feelings. You want to just go to the word of God and take the literal meaning, and that's not true.
1: Well, yeah, in other words, don't trust anything about yourself.
2: That's right. You have to learn to discern the right voice for the wrong voice that's coming in and trying to influence you. Now, the way that God works, he gives you nervous feelings and warnings when something's not quite right. And then you've got to respond to that feeling by going and research and finding out why it's wrong. And as you're researching it. When you find truth, you'll get more calmness. That's the right direction. Right, if it's right. not quite right. Uh, uh, that's not quite right. You just keep searching. So here's the greatness about that, is that we grow when the Lord makes us do the work and mm-hmm. respond to the feelings of, okay, that's good. That's not so good. You see, we learn by doing the work ourselves instead of him dictating.
1: That's why we're taught that work is bad.
2: That's right. So, and that's why it's the human tendency to get into spiritualism. Spiritualism is Satan's counterpart to open revelation, uh, which is very rare on God's point. He's spoken to a few prophets, etc. But Satan really wants to get people into Ouija boards and seances and dreams and visions and other ways to dictate to them. So they become dependent, not on thinking for themselves, but dependent Mm -hmm. on getting the latest revelation, which ends up being satanic. Right, because
1: right. you're going to get all kinds of rewards if you do that, right? That's the promise.
2: So I'm just uh, recommending people, take a look at that uh, essay I've written on the still small voice of conscience. It'll change your life.
1: Because and that, it, that's in World Affairs Brief, all the issues or just one issue?
2: Oh, no, it's on the website. Uh, it's, oh, okay. So it, World it's okay it's,
1: it's not in the essay. newsletter. It's on the website. No.
2: That's right. And it's on joelskousen.com on the left hand, uh, on the right hand side, just the still small voice of conscience. You can click on it, download it, and I've even recorded it so people can listen to it in their car if they don't have
1: time to read it. That sounds incredibly important, and you can tell that that's a different issue than IQ consciousness because in transhumanism, which is being promoted right now is where we're all supposed to go, one of the things you're promised is that your IQ will go up as you merge with machines, and that yeah. doesn't give you anything about the uh, quietness inside to feel that voice. That's right.
2: That's right. Well, one thing that AI will never be able to do is replace the spirit of man, which has those innate set points, good or bad, They're in mm-hmm. they're separate, and they're very difficult to change. And it's never going to be able to replace the voice of conscience. And that's what makes the difference in humanity. And mm-hmm. what my, why I'm generally pessimistic is that more and more people are turning off the good voice of conscience and going down the road of, you know, LBGTQ, confusion, etc., bad judgment, being susceptible to socialism, and all of those draws. Um, And religion isn't helping. Most of the churches are going along with this stuff because of the fear of man, the fear of being ridiculed for uh, being politically incorrect.
1: Well, fear has been found to be really effective in... Telling people which direction to go Right, if you do the wrong thing All these terrible, terrifying Things are going to happen to you And on the other side you have convenience And security, and you'll be safe And it takes Some internal Connection to resist those and see what they are
2: It really does You know, the that's part of the lure Of socialism is guaranteed Benefits and results regardless of your work You don't have to improve, you just Exert your right to have an equal living as compared to everyone else as long as I show up for eight hours a day or whatever it is yeah yeah, with universal income with universal income boy you talk about a destruction of incentive in the world once you're going to get a universal income only the people who have any incentive at all that aren't satisfied with sitting like a couch potato and accepting their government Paycheck are going to progress And they're going to be decried They're going to be shouted down as what's wrong with you Why can't you be satisfied like everyone else to their-
1: Exactly and oh, that's man. a strange Feeling when you're trying Not just to be intelligent but to be in, tr- in touch with your internal guidance And everybody around you is saying You're crazy Yes, That's a strong negative incentive Right So but it 's possible, you can still do it, and I think the people that do it in in uh, difficult circumstances and environments like that get a lot of help from places that they don 't expect you know it 's still yeah. possible
2: that's right, and as i've pointed out in various issues of the world affairs brief, we are this the new apartheid is that those that will not go along with uh, suppression of um, you know, or your whiteness, or denigrating, or you know, going along with political correctness, they're going to be cut and not taking vaccines. You're going to be cut off from society. Yeah. You're going to have to start to homeschool. You're going to have to stay out of the hospital system. They're going to have to not receive government assistance. Uh, you're going to have to stay out of big corporations when they start to tighten the clamps.
1: They're hoping uh, to make it impossible.
2: Yeah. yeah, You're not going to be able to go to the university someday without vaccines. Uh, yeah. And uh, you uh, that's you just, really close, actually. Yeah, that's really close rutgers is uh trying to do that and you know there's some legal cases and challenges against that but boy the courts cannot be dependent on in the long term of um of doing this especially if they stack the supreme court of course even now you know you have your deep state you know john roberts and brett kavanaugh
1: yeah the people even that were just supposed to be conservative and were put into the court turned out to be total traitors
2: yeah, that's right. And Amy Coney Barrett's not a total traitor, but she's a yes girl to the establishment. So even without being oh. deep state.
1: You're a de facto she, total traitor. Right?
2: Yeah, she's a she's just going go to go along. That's what she was put in there, her whole right. history. Never voted against government in any judicial decision. Never voted against a big corporation.
1: And I think one of the important points to understand about this new racial uh, divide that they're pushing, all right, it's not uh, fashionable to be racist against people with dark skin anymore so now to show how socially just you are you can be racist against people with light skin but so you know there's a problem with that obviously for those people who are being taught they're bad but the people with dark skin and i'm not calling them black and white because i think that's a that's a severe distinction i've never actually met a person who looks black or white they're all different shades of colors in reality but the people with dark skin are also being being put in a hard position because either you go along and identify as a helpless victim that everybody's oppressing or else you're going to be worked against and to to feel like you're your own person and you're going to You know, achieve things based on who you actually are and your internal guidance and all that. You're you're taught by the system. No, that's not right. You're a victim. You know, your whole objective should be uh, to be taken care of for your whole life. And the people that have dark skin that have that they're in touch with their internal guidance and they have consciousness in addition to intelligence, they're discriminated against minority too, just not because of the color.
2: That's right. You know, the left is just uh, virulently intolerant of other points of view. You know, when they were in the minority, they always cried out, you know, you should be tolerant and accept our point of view. Of course, now that they're in the majority, they are completely <laughs> intolerant. Look at how they've taken right. after Tucker Carlson for accentuating the fact that they're importing a new majority of people through illegal aliens and refugees to yeah, take yeah. away the voting rights. of. They have just come out and called for him to be literally crucified because he's dared expose that agenda, and it's so very obviously true. Uh, He's been very effective at that.
1: Yeah, the actual media that goes to the border shows millions of people just being invited in. Uh, Biden was told to do that by the people that are still coherent above him, and they're just flooding in in buses and being given plane tickets everywhere in the country, and it's just you're nobody's supposed to be aware of it, and it's the most gigantic pipeline that I've seen of yeah. th- that kind anywhere.
2: And they're being allowed to get on the airplanes, chartered airplanes without any ID and phone right. to other states, et cetera. And, in fact, the left has even got some wealthy people to fly in in private jets and take illegal aliens. And, of course, you know, the INS and is Releasing these people directly to go to these airports, they know exactly what they've been told. You know, you release them and they're supposed to go to the airport. Here's a package for each one of them with yeah. a ticket in them and with a certain amount of cash. I mean, this is a big, big human trafficking operation. Run it's by a, in it's
1: overwhelming, incredible. And most of the people coming in are not bad people. They're, they're, some of those mixed in, but most of them were just told, you know, yeah, we're since your country is being destroyed by the u.s lockdowns which is the downstream effect of them that you don't have to starve to death biden is saying we have unlimited money come into the country and illegal entry is not illegal anymore we don't have to change the law just do it and they're given money when they get here and they're trying to survive so it's not really their fault
2: yeah But, of course, the government isn't directly giving the money until they get into the system. You know, it's these private-public partnerships. It's the big uh, danger to us today. It's uh, uh, You know, these big foundations, and there's thousands of them out there. And they've got tax exemption. They're getting, you know, and some of them are getting federal funds through a variety of different ways. Right. Uh, For example, I'm just working on an article for the World Affairs Brief on Friday about how, the federal government, through FEMA, of all things. FEMA has been tasked with funding all of the state accounts for voter ID. What has FEMA got to do with voter ID? Nothing at all. But what they've done, they've taken the money from the federal, they've given to DHS, and they've given a a big fat portion of the budget to FEMA, and then FEMA is dishing out all of these million-dollar grants to various states, earmarked. For subcontractors that they have to give it to that are doing the private data collection from the driver's license database. So the states are not actually sharing directly with the federal government, they're sharing with these private data processing firms who then are giving it all back to the federal government. So it's a big, long, circular group right. hiding the money and the data collection to build a federal national ID database.
1: So with all the agencies and the foundations and the private groups and the corporations, the ones breaking basic principles of of freedom and that we're trying to be protected in the Constitution, the, the government doesn't have to directly violate the Constitution. They can get everybody else to do it.
2: Yeah, You see, so this is a totally different, more sophisticated ballgame than communism. We're not heading for ironclad communism. That's going to be too obvious. This is going to do the same result of lockdown, separate people. I mean, we're going to have concentration camps in this country someday based upon your belief in conspiracy or... Only for or the bad things. people, though. Yeah, that's what they'll that tell you. Only for the criminals. But how yeah. they define criminals would be anybody, you know, who is a right. white supremacist. And if you believe in merit and judgment, you're a white supremacist.
1: Yeah, you're well, you're being defined literally as a terrorist now. Yeah. A yeah. domestic terrorist, right? even if you don't do anything. And um, what you mentioned the fact that you're pessimistic about the future, at least on the surface, and that we'll have to go through a difficult period. And you mentioned one of the things you've been known for is saying that there's going to be this giant war that is unavoidable. And I wonder if you... But you said there were a few years, probably, before that happens. But right now, you notice that the current administration, whoever is running it... Biden being the figurehead, and, and Harris, too. Um, they're trying to start war, clearly, especially with Russia right now, yeah, for for no good reason. I mean, no obvious good reason. And I wonder how that ties into your predictions.
2: Well, remember, they can't directly start the war. They can provoke. And that's what they're trying to do in Ukraine, yeah. uh, you know, giving aid. Now, they've got, for, as I pointed out in this week's World Affairs Brief, is people can get a free sample copy by going to my website worldaffairsbrief.com and clicking on request a sample right there on the left hand side okay okay. uh, I I covered um, I covered the fact that Zelensky Volodymyr Zelensky is the first non-Russian puppet who has been in charge been elected in Ukraine the Ukrainian people are fed up with the um, with the corruption that left over from Soviet communism you know when they when there was never a collapse of the Soviet Union. They just went underground. And the same communist bureaucrats suddenly became free market bureaucrats in the in the government. They never left. They've always been there. The corruption and the passing of money still been there. And uh, all the presidents of these various you know countries have been more or less still puppets of, of, of Russia, even though they're now in NATO and Ukraine is trying to get into NATO. But because Volodymyr uh, Zelensky is not a Russian puppet, It's time for Putin to move in and actually take Eastern Ukraine, just like Hitler would move into Czechoslovakia and Austria and Poland, you know, as a prelude to World War II. This is a prelude to World War III, but the West will not actually go to war over Ukraine, neither will they go to war over Taiwan when China, who's clearly getting ready to take Taiwan, takes the two countries. We will decry, and it will allow the establishment to then point out to the American people, yeah, Russia and China are really serious enemies, and they'll start to prepare for war and warn people of war. They'll never, one, admit that containment of communism never worked. That's always been the excuse of the globalists to let us help them grow as if we're containing them. And at the same, and the containment not only meant no conflict, it meant let them have aid, let them have technology, and that's what we've been feeding Russia and China to build future enemies. They'll never admit that containment didn't work. In fact, the phony fall of the Soviet Union served globalist purposes, and that's why they covered for it, even though it wasn't a globalist conspiracy, it was a communist conspiracy to gain more aid and trade from the West. The globalists could have exposed that they did not Because it allowed them to say Oh look, containment worked Communism fell Ronald Reagan was a success Now they hated Ronald Mm -hmm. Ronald Reagan They have used Reagan Because they've changed the narrative They give him credit And they get all the conservatives to come on board And believe that containment worked Even though conservatives were very Suspicious of it As appeasement of the Soviet Union Which it was And now we've got Two very, very large enemies that are building, and they are going to strike. But the West can't start it. They can provoke. They can irritate. And notice, just as I pointed out in the World Affairs, Biden is appeasing already. He's pulled back the destroyers out of the Black Sea so that they don't antagonize Russia. So that when Russia does strike, it will look like pure aggression on their part. Uh, They can gin up America. Now, they'll never prepare. They'll never tell Americans to get ready for the war. They're building bunkers deep underground, new bunkers, because they know the Soviets know uh, where all the, the current bunkers are and intend to target them. There's a lot of new bunkers being built by government, including under skyscrapers in Washington D.C. And um, uh, but they can't provoke it. They have to wait for Russia and China to be ready, and that probably still I don't believe is going to happen until the latter half of the decade, which is getting closer. I don't think Russia and China will be ready. Yeah, they got hypersonic missiles, but they haven't got a lot deployed yet. They're just in the testing phase. Uh, China's building more aircraft carriers. Uh, even though they intend to nuke our aircraft carriers and get rid of them, they want aircraft carriers to, because you can't occupy and enforce their version in the New World Order without a worldwide Navy to to get people to occupy America and to control it. That's what they're carriers are for
1: so this overview is uh, is connected to why you wrote including the new version strategic relocation right because you're trying to say what positive thing can people do to get through the the periods ahead in better shape basically
2: well the answer to that is first of all you got to prepare be prepared to survive the war Just not enough to have food and water supply. Those are very critical because the war will be preceded by an EMP strike taking down the grid for about a year. Why a year? Because we don't stockpile in the United States any of the huge transformers that transform the thousand voltage national power grid lines down to usable current at the local Mm. substation level. All those are made in China, by the way. We don't stockpile any. But we're not getting them when war starts. And that guarantees we're going to have the grid down for about a year, at least a year. And there's going to be famine and starvation. So food and what are very careful. But remember, without a grid situation, you're facing mass social unrest, pillaging and wandering, starving crowds, millions of people on the roads going house to house, pillaging for food. So you've got to have you've got to be very rural Where you're outside those refugee flows, I cover that in strategic relocation, where the refugee flows are, you've got to have basement space with secured, concealed safe rooms so you get out of the way, you can't shoot starving mobs of people, you just got to get out of the way. And so having an ability to relocate or, you know, hide out, those are very important strategies. And you also have to prepare for nuclear fallout. You don't want to be in a blast area, and I cover those in the books there, but everyone in the United States is going to be subject to fallout. So it's relatively inexpensive. doesn't cost but a few thousand dollars to get overhead shielding in a basement, concealed space, so that you can survive that. Forget about duck and cover. That was just about if you're in a blast zone and get out of the way of the flying glass. You need radiation protection. Uh, a blast zone is really only 10 miles in diameter away from a nuclear target. If you're outside that, you need radiation protection, not blast protection.
1: For how long?
2: Well, you need it at least two weeks, but there will be probably waves of different nuclear weapons that go off in a prolonged war. So you have to have a radiation meter and um, and to know when you've got to get back into a shelter. But radiation from gamma radiation dissipates within about two weeks, Um and then if there's another wave, you know, and if it's further away, it may dissipate within a week. So you're saying
1: that you're talking about the half-life of the elements, right?
2: No. Yeah. No, we're talking about, um, you know, gamma rays are very, very high-powered penetrating rays that are very deadly because they, they go through anything, uh, except high-density material tends to reduce, its like it takes... Nine inches of lead to equal about 12 to 14 inches of concrete. So you can tell which is the cheaper one to use. Concrete, obviously, is. People who think, I'm going to use some of this lead X-ray foil, you know, they use in dentist office to line my room. That's just like paper, gamma radiation. Mm-hmm. Half-life pertains more to your long-term isotopes, uh, your alpha-beta particles, and your radioactive iodine and other types of things that take... 20 and 30 years to reach a half-life, okay, where they're half. The gamma rays dissipate almost completely within about two weeks. So they're more powerful initially, smaller, but they don't have a long half-life.
1: And the other ones with a longer half-life will be literally falling onto the ground, I guess. No,
2: there are hardly any of those in the clean nuclear weapons. Those are only usually present in an atomic uh, or a nuclear power plant that uh, gets bad, and it's not in the Russian and Chinese doctrine to hit those power plants. Uh, some of them will go down if they don't have enough generating fuel to keep the reactors cool. But that's those nuclear power plants have your, your more dangerous particles, not uh, radiation from nuclear weapons. They're pretty clean.
1: Okay, so yes. you're saying with the, with the nuclear strike that you're predicting that that's a short-term issue and that after it doesn't make the world uninhabitable
2: that's right that. that's right now remember this nuclear strike in my estimation is only going to be the military targets the russians and chinese don't want to kill all the civilians they don't want to be the bully of the world they're taking down the bully of the world they don't want to be the bully of the world and so they're just going to hit military targets now the united states is ringed with them i put them out of my book so you know where they are but uh, You just have to worry about being downwind from those targets. I mean, if you look at the missile fields where all of our our Minuteman 3 missiles are that are all going to be hit, thousands or actually 450 silos or so. I mean, the radiation downwind from those conglomeration of silos is just going to be powerful. Western Montana that's going to flow east to eastern Montana, Nebraska, uh, Wyoming, northwestern Nebraska is a big glob of missile silos and things that's all going to go eastward depending on where the wind is blowing Uh, and so you just don't want to be downwind of those things Uh, and if you are you've got to have a fair degree of radiation protection normally around the united states you need at least 12 inches of concrete above you uh, which you can do with concrete blocks and other things Uh, but downwind directly of those big missile field targets you're probably going to need two to three feet of concrete. So it really pays to relocate, if you're downwind, of some of those major, major nuclear targets.
1: So you're talking about uh, things being disrupted on a scale that most people can't imagine and then being eventually rebuilt, I guess, right?
2: No, I've changed my idea about that. What do you think? I think this war is going to be so horrific. There will be so much hatred One piercing another after all that pillaging and attack and crime and, you know, Satan will rage in the hearts of men. There'll be so many Hatfield McCoy revenge type of things because of people that have done people wrong during this thing. I don't think the world ever gets back to normal again after this war.
1: So you're not really giving people a good physical alternative of how to get into a better time after that at this point.
2: Well, yes, I do in the book. You know, I talk about the fact that the only reason that good people stay in your dangerous, big metropolitan areas is because of jobs. Yeah. And when this goes down, they're going to be forced to flee. Now, I recommend you get out or at least be at the periphery of those that you can get out before the major refugee flows because that's not going to be any picnic. But they're going to go to rural areas where there'll be more new majorities of conservatives in rural areas and they'll be able to resist to a certain extent and assert their sovereignty a little bit with local control but we're never going to win back the nation as a whole in my opinion (laughs) because the people are just too corrupt uh judgment's too bad they're never going to have any solution except wanting more bailouts from government and that comes with more control so what I'm saying, it's going to be pockets of liberty where there's any safety at all, and it's not going to be nice even there because there's going to be a lot of social unrest. and things. Ultimately, from a theological perspective, this is why Christians believe in the second coming that is, uh, is prophesied. It's because Satan has almost total control of the world before the second coming, and he finally has to come to end this test because the the few good people left are crying day and night for deliverance. So ultimately, I do have a theological belief that the second coming will come. I don't believe that Christians will be raptured up before that. I think we're going to go through the tribulation. I think we're going to have to suffer. But you'll suffer a lot less if you're in rural areas with other conservative majorities than you will be if you're one of, in one of these big cities. Okay. So heed yeah. my warning strategically relocate or get prepared to relocate before these things come
1: down. You're just saying now that even in those really good communities of people who are trying to help each other, it'll be really difficult to establish some kind of a harmonious base there.
2: Yeah, there'll be very little harmony because, you know, even conservatives, they're pretty independent minded and, and, and even preppers really don't get along that well in the sense right. that everybody's in it for themselves and um uh, Unless they're all working and listening well to conscience and have good self-control. And how many kids do you know that are being te- taught self-control nowadays? You know, <laughs> They're raised on their cell phones and they don't know how to work. And it's just, it's not going to be good. Yeah. But we can survive if you are listening to conscience, if you listen to the signals, and if you're living righteously enough to get the blessings of the Lord, you're going to be guided in that conscience to get to safer places, not safe places, because there's just going to be no absolute safety anywhere it's just a matter of relative safety compared to the horrible things that are going on in the big cities
1: yeah I think I think you are agreeing though with my original um, proposal that outcomes for each individual and for society in these various places are going to be based on consciousness. It's yes, what yeah. you're talking, the the connection with the internal voice and yeah. the internal guidance and that, that the places with the most people like that are going to be the best places to be wherever
2: they are. That's right. Now, don't waste your time trying to look for survival communities. Those never work. They always self-destruct. The point is, it's enough to get into rural areas. We have good basic Christian people in a rural agricultural based community. They're going to have the biggest chance of listening to the proper voice and knitting together and doing, you know, what's good. So conservative rural communities are where it's at.
1: Right. And they're going to have to, during whatever period that is, when they're trying to build the local community the best they can. They're going to have to be growing food and doing all the basic That's things right. to survive, right?
2: You've got to survive the war. And so, you know, you can stockpile up to a year or two at the most, but uh, I recommend people get some rural property where they can grow. And it yeah. has to be far enough away from subdivisions that you don't get pillaged.
1: Yeah, it's challenging, huh? So yeah. it sounds like if you had to have a bottom line, it would be, Get past the chatter in yourself and get quiet enough to reconnect to your internal guidance. That's right, right. Covers and everything. believe
2: me, if you're running around with the radio blaring rock music all day long, you're not going to get most of the signals. You're going to miss them.
1: And if you're living in the cell phone screen, that's right, which is where we're all being led right now.
2: Yeah. You got to, you've got to listen, and you have got to, and you know, you can, you know, one, some of the biggest and best message I get when I'm driving long distance or I'm weeding the garden yeah. or something that's just a yeah. basic, easy, manual task and your mind has a chance to drift and you get ideas and you get promptings and that's when you get some of the best. It's not when you're meditating, when you're overly concentrating on a problem. It's when you're doing something productive that's relatively mundane, something that ideas will pop into your
1: head. And it's killing the chatter automatically, right? Yes, Allowing it, you to yeah. hear things. Yeah. So, I, I really think that we're looking for some kind of balance here of, of being aware realistically of what's going on and, and what's likely in the future, but at the same time, realizing that it's incredibly important what internal state you maintain. And if you focus on despair, that there's nothing good coming, right. you're not going to do as well as even if it's limited, you look for the bright spots and okay here are the things i can do to reconnect internally and to get in touch with whatever guidance i'm going to get and then go where it says and do what it says to do
2: yes if you're getting feelings of paralysis meaning it's useless i can't do anything i don't have any money etc you're not listening to the right voice because no matter how limited your circumstances there's something each person can do and if you listen carefully small steps one at a time, you'll start to get out of debt, you'll start to get a better little more income, you'll start to save, not spend or waste any money, and you'll you'll get start getting ahead slowly but surely. But yeah. listening is the key.
1: Yeah. And you'll also, the more you start listening inside, putting more attention on that than just all the distractions externally, you're gonna automatically start noticing who else is doing that.
2: That's right. But remember this caution. Most of the promptings you get from the divine source of conscience have to do with temporal affairs, not spiritual. Meaning, he's going to be after you about weight control, about eating right, staying off the junk food, exercising, disciplining your children. They're temporal things. And people don't think of those things as being from a divine source. They just think of those as irritating, irritating Mm -hmm. reminders about what I don't want to do. But you prove to the divine source that you want to hear more and want to improve by doing the hard temporal things. And then you get the higher light knowledge that comes that you really want.
1: So in other words, don't, don't make this hard line of distinction between physical and spiritual. That's it's right. all spiritual.
2: That's right. It's yeah. all spiritual.
1: Yeah. yeah beautiful. Um, Okay, we'll have to put off our next 50 hours of this discussion for yeah. next episode. But
2: yeah. Thank you, Richard. I, oh,
1: I appreciate it. Hold on, we'll say goodbye in the break here. Okay, guys, that was Joel Skousen, and um, really good man, in my opinion, and doing a lot of great work. One of the main things that comes up as a difficulty in people listening to his predictions is that he's He doesn't see a a really smooth future, you know, and he he really has been saying consistently, excuse me, on every show that he's been on with us that he's predicting war. And it's a delicate balance, in my opinion, between honest evaluation of what's really happening and self-fulfilling prophecies in the form of uh, absolute predictions. And I don't know where on the balance this falls. I think he's just saying exactly what he sees and it's definitely worth paying attention to um one of the good things that i saw even though he's not predicting a, a smooth outcome certainly for the u.s or for western countries or anything he is saying that you can make things a lot better by following your internal guidance and i i agree with him completely on that um, I also don't want to say that it's impossible for things to work out well, because I think if we say it's impossible, we'll make it impossible. And I don't want to do that. You know, if it turns out that we put out our best energy and follow our internal guidance and respect and love each other, because remember all all of the really deep belief systems say you don't just love the people that are being nice to you. You try to spread that everywhere and that, that has the source of being in touch with your internal guidance. Otherwise, if you're functioning on a more superficial emotional level, you can't honestly love anybody that's not being nice to you. And we need to get to the level where we, we can. It's not just a show. It's not just trying to look good religiously or something. It's, it's honest. And I, I know we can get to that point. So, Joel and I really agreed that the the bottom line for this whole thing, even for physical things that we need to do, even taking care of our own bodies when we don't feel like it or it's not convenient, or taking care of our the place where we're living or home or uh, treating other people with respect, helping them when it's appropriate um, supporting each other those are there's nothing that's not spiritual, so to speak it's not like um Okay, planting your garden or going out for a walk when you need some exercise or eating good food, not eating garbage. And it's not that those are non-spiritual mundane issues. It's all spiritual. And I totally agree with Joel on that. And that the more you pay attention to that, <clears throat> make, <clears throat> excuse me, make, make all of the physical things that you need to do part of your your own I don't. I don't want to compartmentalize it by using the word spiritual. I'm trying to not say that in a limited scope. I mean, life oriented. You know, those are all important, and they all have to be given attention and be open in moment to moment to where we're guided to go. And and it, the real guidance is always calm, and it's cle- It's clear, but it's not screaming at you normally. And following that is a good exercise that you don't have to be in the best geographical location to do that. You can practice it right now in evaluating not only your own physical health and what you need to take care of, but your own mental state. And that goes right into what, what Joel was doing. Your emotional and mental state are critical because if they're screaming all, you know, diversion all the time and if you're lost in the screens and the walking around with, you know, your thumb's going a million miles an hour and you walk into a wall because you're not even aware of the outside world, that's probably not a really good way to stay in touch with your internal guidance. And that's going to be needed more and more. I mean, it's needed completely now, but from what Joel was saying, it's going to be needed more and more to see where we're led to get through the coming situations in a positive manner. And I think we can definitely do that each person in their own way because we're guided individually, not just as part of some kind of big collective. Everybody is a unique individual of infinite value, and it's just waking up to that and becoming that instead of living as your false identity that we've been taught to, to think that we are. Anyway, there's a lot to say about that stuff. Internal connection is the main thing, and then following it up, Acting on it, doing what you need to do physically Using the time that you've got uh, Now when things are maybe easier than they are in certain other times Taking advantage of the time And like Joel talked about early in the show The difference between IQ level consciousness Which is useful But if it's not combined with consciousness Then it's used for things that are destructive Which you can see everywhere And we need to be examples of how to do the opposite of that and combine conscious, conscience and consciousness with whatever intelligence we have. And that also can work better if we take physical care of ourselves because your, your brain is actually part of your physical body. It works on the same nutrition. It deals with the same environmental toxins as the rest of your body and your other organs. And so whatever you can do to take back Your natural state of physical health and really enhance that is is definitely worth it and it helps your internal perception as well. Um, You can treat other people better if you feel better yourself. So as always, you know, the message of Lost Arts Radio is please take care of yourself on all levels that you can, uh, not just physical, but also watch your mind patterns and your emotional patterns and how you're thinking toward other people because it always comes back to you. Right starting at the moment you do it If you're thinking badly of someone And essentially cursing them by Being condemning of them Even if it's justified in quotes You're treating yourself to the same Basic frequency And you don't want to do that You need nutrition on levels that are not Physical as well So take care of yourself Learn the things that are going to help you with that And uh, it's the best contribution You can make to everybody else So thanks for being here and stay in touch with us at LostArtsRadio.com because the platforms may be changing and we could be um, not visible somewhere for various reasons and showing up on one of the new platforms that Doug is getting us on recently, which are not censoring anybody. LostArtsRadio.com slash live is an updated version of where you can follow us. Still have all kinds of interesting and educational articles and videos almost every day on Lost Arts Radio or Lost Arts Radio dot com. You can see those there. They're all free. And um if you want to help us stay on the air and survive, you can donate on lostartsradio.com. There's a donate button or on subscribestar.com slash lost arts radio. And that helps keep us here and keep going. Um we all have to help each other in whatever way we can just share the show. It doesn't have to be money. And if you're struggling for survival, don't send us money. Use it for what you need and share the show to help us get through the, the censorship and shadow banning and things like that. So anyway, thanks for being here. I really appreciate you. I consider you as an incredible light potential power for helping the world through the present and whatever is to come. And don't ever think that you're not incredibly important Including where your attention is every moment, watch it, become aware. And that's a great contribution. You'll be shown what to do after that. So thanks and uh, take care of yourself. Have a good weekend and rest of the week, and we'll see you here next time. Talk to you soon.
3: Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program. Offering 10 different giving levels starting at just five bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our Subscribestar levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on Big Tech's platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com/lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows except the band ones are on our YouTube channel at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brighteon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit slash channel lostartsradio On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just twenty-five dollars a month where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.
0: A trail of evidence Behind the agents Create a false record Indicating nothing to place His mental fitness Intimidate the witness Obstruction of justice Without any style of grace Don't I Everybody has Solicitation Across the nation Persecuting his rivals That didn't turn out so well I Don't worry, everybody has- Attempts to suppress First Amendment doubts like a two-head sword Kids in cages on certain stages Build a wall just to keep you from being bored Don't worry, everybody help is on the way ethical contract, cronyism, nepotism, wanna be royalty. The COVID response, a lack of governance, marauders at the ready. That didn't have to be. Whoa.